All right, welcome to the Mr. Short Game Podcast. I hope you are having an awesome day today. It is an exciting start to the year, to the PGA Tour, and everything that's going on in the world of golf. And I'm super, super excited about that. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the PGA Tour today, what's happening here in 2020, and the players to watch out for, and the uh, the players that uh, are going to may have some challenges this year, sadly. And uh, that's always scary because I don't like to see that. But I want to see what's going on, what's happening with these with these people out there. And uh, my phone is blowing up right now because I am on a group text, which, by the way, uh, should be outlawed. I should have a setting. If, if you know of any setting, by the way, I can set my phone on. So I'm, you cannot have me on a group text more than two people. Just two people and me. So total three. That's it. I don't want to be on any more than that. I'm on like a 14-person group text. I love my family, but I tell them all the time, don't group text me, and they never listen. Ah, it's so frustrating. Anyways, if you know of a way to to get off that or what I really want is there to be some type of app where I can say, uh, don't put me on the group text. I'm, Matt is forbidden to be on the text. You can't add him. You have too many people. That's what I want. If there's an app, let me know. And I'm all in. I'll pay. I'll pay whatever it costs for that. Ah, that's what this world needs. Anyways, by the way. Am I the only one who fixes the little trophy, uh, the little golf club on the golf trophies, by the way, when they're like too shut or anything? Is that just me? <sighs> I saw one of those today. It's just kind of a pet peeve of mine. I can't stand it when those clubs are shit. You can't hit a ball like that. I don't care if you are a trophy. Anyways, back to the podcast. We're going to also talk about uh, the USGA just came out today with their findings on distance. So we're going to discuss this and what's happening with distance because uh, they didn't really offer any solutions as to what to do, how to move forward, how is this really truly affecting the game. They just said it affects the game. But we're going to dive into that. I'm going to give you my solutions for this, uh, this, pro- this so-called problem that we have with distance. And then I'm also going to start off here the show talking about the the rumored it's not rumored anymore really it's the Premier Golf League and it's it could happen uh, not without a lot of resistance from the PGA Tour so that's pretty exciting as well so we're going to dive into some cool topics today and get right into it as always thanks for your support with the channel if you want. To uh, you know, stay up to date with the latest tips and drills and this podcast on YouTube or wherever you might be listening. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and on YouTube, make sure you hit that bell notification uh, just so you stay up to date. Just because you're subscribed doesn't mean you're going to get uh, a notification when a new video pops up. But if you hit the bell, well, that doesn't always equal a notification either. But you have a better chance of being notified when a new video hits and you might say, oh. Cool. I want to watch that. Maybe you don't want to watch it, but it's up to you. And as always, be sure to check the links in the video description below. And uh, as well on this audio podcast, there'll be uh, links to different products and things that I use and recommend that I think are helpful. And with a lot of those, there are cool discounts that 
you can get as well. Like, for example, Skycaddy has that launch monitor. They actually just sent out a notification to me and those of us who you know, are affiliate partners with them. And they dropped the price. I think it's $449 now. And you can get uh, a nice launch monitor, portable launch monitor. Does uh, spin rate, distance, a lot of cool stuff. Check them out. Link in the description below and, or use code Mr. Short Game at checkout. Also, uh, I have some cool discounts or links, not discounts, links for other products as well that I like, like the, the Twitch trainer. You saw me with Ryan Steenberg at the PGA show. That is a really cool swing speed trainer that I have. Uh, I, you know, I just got introduced to it at the PGA show. And then when Ryan and I were messing around, he, he gave me that thing for like a few minutes and it got me 15 yards like right out, right the next couple swings. So that was really cool. So I got one of those and I've been working with it. And what I like is that it really helps me, the training and all the, uh, the, the things they have on their website helps me with my golf swing as well and my fitness. And so that's awesome. And I also have been messing around with the uh, super speed, those speed sticks. And those are cool too. So link in the description below for those. And always uh, use code Mr. Short Game at, with with you know at, at checkout. At least try it with there. Anytime you're buying something online, golf related, just type it in. Maybe maybe get a discount. Maybe not. And that's also a way you support the channel because I, I do get a little commission when you use that code as well. And or they like to know uh, if that I sent them traffic. So. It, it helps me all the way around, and hopefully it helps you because I'm not going to just promote products that uh, I can make money on but that don't really help. I really try to stick with things that I truly believe in, and yes, I have gotten numerous products over the last couple years that I've checked out, and I'm like, this, I didn't really feel any uh, difference. It didn't help me. If I, There's nothing I can really do for you because I just don't think it's going to resonate with my audience because I, I didn't think it worked. And so I've said that a number of times and people have offered me money and I, I just can't take money if I don't think a product is gonna help. And there are some weird products out there too that I've checked out that haven't helped me, but I've put them up on my site because I do think they can help some people. And so that's what I'm all about. I don't just say, oh, it didn't do anything for me, therefore it's no good. I'm not like that. I'm like, you know what? There is a space for this because it could help a lot of people. So anyways, always check out those links, descriptions uh, in the video description for products and things like that that are there because there are things that, uh, that I like. And you can get your Mr. Short Game hat there. Be sure to uh, check that out if you want that. I also have alignment stick covers that are cool. I have white ones right now. So once those are sold out, maybe we'll go back to the black ones. I don't know. You let me know what you want, and we'll try to we'll try to take care of it. Maybe you don't want anything. That's fine too. Then don't buy it. I get it. You don't. I'm not gonna force you. Uh, but it's all up to you. You're free. You have freedom to do whatever you want. I don't. You know. I just put it out there, right? I'm trying to do the best I can to encourage you guys, help your game, make you the best player you can be. Also, I do offer a membership site. There are a couple options there. One is, I think, $4.99 or something, five bucks a month, where you have access to a bunch of videos. And you can look at that a couple ways. One, you're donating $5 a month to me, and you have access to some videos that you can watch. Maybe after you watch them all, you still want to 
be a member, great. Thank you very much. But you can also just come and go. Come, pay five bucks, watch all the videos and leave. That's fine too. Um, it's Again, it's totally up to you however you want to uh, to be a part of that. And I also have a, a 10 video series specifically focusing on chipping and pitching, which I've just recently put together. It's uh, on the video description below. It's one of the membership options. And currently, that's uh, a purchase for $29.99 is the current price at the time of shooting this video. So if you want 10 videos specifically on chipping and pitching and how the proper technique, all the fundamentals, how to approach these different shots and what to use and the techniques and how to train your swing so you can pull off these shots under pressure when they really matter, that's on there as well. So be sure to check that out as well if that's something you're into. If not, no no big deal. Go on with yourself and uh, just listen to the podcast. It's all good. So let's dive into what is the Premier League, okay? This is um, a group of investors, mostly like uh, from the Middle East and, and around the world, that ha- are coming together to put this league this new golf league together and there's not a lot of information on it we know phil mickelson met with some of the uh the founders of this league and and he said it kind of makes sense rory mcelroy has said it could be a catalyst uh for change on the pga tour and could be a catalyst for a lot of things and what it it is is it's a league where they're the rumors out there are that it's let's say 48 players uh playing you know 18 events 54 whole tournaments there'll be like 10 events in the United States and the others around the world and it's this like formula 1 style of a format now i'm not a formula 1 you know enthusiast i don't watch car racing or formula 1 so i don't really know anything about that but it would be like pools of four player teams um, competing against you, you, you compete in these pools of teams, and however the Formula One works, this would be similar to that. And essentially, what I can gather is there's let's say 240 million dollars basically up for grabs, 10 million per event, two million to the winner, uh, 14 million goes to the four man team winner, and then there's one overall champion of the entire you know, season or league, which would get like $10 million. So, uh, and then that's kind of what the premise of this is in its early stages. I like it, to be honest with you. I think it's great. And I really think stuff, more stuff like this should happen. Now they need, okay. I think, I think they've raised about $50 million from what I've uh, understand so far for the premier golf league and it's uh you know a couple groups have come together some venture capitalists so they've got a lot of money already i don't know if it's enough because they're going to need some big time players to really launch this league what i think though is that they could really do because here's what's interesting um guys and girls i i wouldn't be opposed if it's men and women because you can get some big name men and some big name women involved in it. So for me, I think that would be a cool way to even go is include some of the women 
professional players that are really popular. Maybe, you know, get Annika in there competing on some level and some of these other uh, stars. I, you know, I guess Michelle Wee would be cool, but she's injured, so she might not be able to do it. But, you know, it could be a rival not only to the PGA Tour, but the LPGA as well. But let's say it's just the PGA Tour players, and this could apply to women as well. But uh, let's say, well, there's a big, I call it golf no man's land from 40 to 50 years old. Phil's in that, but he's such a great player that he's still relevant. And he still, he won last year at Pebble Beach and they're playing uh, this year, uh, this week. So he can, you know, he could still win on the tour. And Ernie Els is, he's in that golf no man's land or he, is he on the champions tour now? Like he's right there. But these guys from 40 to 50 years old who kind of drift off the PGA tour, some big names, like what are they doing? You could get some of them. You can entice some of these younger hot stars that want to be on the PGA tour, but maybe, maybe they're open to another, another option out there. You can entice some of them. Maybe you could get Tiger. See, Tiger doesn't need the PGA Tour. He doesn't need that. I mean, the, the PGA Tour needs Tiger. They need Rory. So if this new Premier Golf League can get a Tiger and a Rory and players like that, maybe Brooks, and, in, and really pay, entice them and pay them, then they could potentially really launch into something really cool. And what... What the, I don't think the PGA Tour realizes, look, the Masters isn't a PGA Tour event. Okay, you That's its own entity. The U.S. Open, that's not a PGA Tour sanctioned event. That's not a PGA event. So you could qualify for the U.S. Open and not be on the PGA Tour. The British, well, that's the same thing. You could qualify for the, the, the Open championship and not be on the PGA or the European PGA Tour. Now, it's a little more difficult. You have to go through some maybe local and sectional qualifying. But hey, if you're one of the best players in the world, that shouldn't be a huge problem. And if you were to step off of the PGA Tour and go a different route and then occasionally come back, guess what's going to happen? The PGA Tour is going to have, they're going to have a problem. And so instead of fighting this, if I'm them, I embrace it. And I try to make it so it's uh, another tour that could do very well. Let's say, let's figure out a way so it doesn't compete totally with the PGA Tour. That's what I would do. Because I think things like this are going to keep happening. And especially when people have a lot of money behind it, 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 it they could make some changes. Look at look at the XFL is starting this year. That We'll see how that does. It started before it failed, but now it's got a little more backing. It's got it's different things. So we'll see if that could take off. But again, with the PGA Tour and the Premier League, I think this could really be beneficial because it just gives more uh, exposure to golf. It brings more people in. It could be something different and yet exciting to encourage the younger viewers into the game and then they could be ushered into a more formalized PGA tour. So I wouldn't just initially just blow things off if I'm the PGA tour and say, oh, this is bad. This is horrible. I'm, I, I'd embrace it. 
and just try to figure out a way. Hey, how can we all work together and and grow what we both do so we can all succeed and have uh, you know have great success there? Because let's, let's face it, I mean, golfers kind of PGA Tour is kind of a no uh, uh, a monopoly, but you know, I guess any league. NFL could be considered that, the Major League Baseball League, whatever league you're a part of. But if I'm a – see, golf is a little different because I'm kind of an – I'm an independent contractor if you're on the tour, really, because you choose the events you're going to be in, and they should not be able to dictate what you do when you're not playing that particular week. They may or may not have some type of non-compete clause, which they probably do, which is fine. But if I'm a golfer who makes a living by competing and there's multiple options for me to to do that on, because Phil can go to the European tour. They do all the time, right? They can, guys who don't qualify for a PGA event can go on the Corn Ferry tour right now and play. Or if you don't get in that week, you could still drop down and play a Corn Ferry tour event. So why not be able to play a premier golf event if you're not in or you can't get in or you choose to do that because you want to play in a different format i think it's great i think a lot of different uh players and formats are necessary because week in and week out it does get boring it's the same thing stroke play 72 holes here we go week in week out it's all the same thing and so after a while that does get a bit a, you know, a a bit old. So I would like to see that uh, that change. I would like to see some difference differences going on in that world, and I think that would be super super exciting. So just keep keep an eye out for the Premier Golf League and what's happening. I think twenty twenty two is what they're aiming for. We got a couple of years. We're pretty pretty far out from it, so it could change dramatically over the next uh, you know couple of years. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think it's exciting. I like it. And what? So the USGA uh, just released their findings on distance. <laughs> this is great. Uh, I always love it when people do these studies because they do a study. Uh, on distance and you know the studies typically uh, in a nutshell when they're done it's it's like this uh, we found that um, the longer people hit the golf ball the farther it goes like that's basically the end of the uh, the discussion yeah you know I, um, over the past since 1900 to today the ball travels farther then we, we we did a study cost us a million dollars and uh, we found out, yeah, the faster you swing, the farther the ball goes. That's kind of where what these studies typically are. It's a lot of, uh, yeah, we know it's going farther. We can tell. We don't. It's obvious. Uh, 300, 330. Look, we know in whatever, 1997, Tiger, he hit it far, but he hits it the same distance today, and he's a lot older. So what's going on? And even the younger guys are just, I mean, they're bombing the ball. I see 15, 16-year-old kids carrying a 350. It's ridiculous. Uh, so, 
thank you very much, USGA, for telling us the ball is traveling farther today. But you gave us no solutions, okay? We all know what's happening. Here's the deal. And, and, and people even talk about, you know, the challenges with distance. One of, one of the things they say is, okay, you have to make golf courses so big these days that it it's too expensive. You can't make a golf course that big. It's it's too much, and that's um, that's totally not true. It's that's a ridiculous statement. And here's why: because just because you hit it farther doesn't mean I have to build a bigger golf course. You see, it doesn't make any sense. I don't care how far you hit it. I'm going to build the best golf course. For me. Now, are you going to play it or are you not going to play it? Are you only going to play a course that's 7,500, 8,000 yards? That's ridiculous. There's only so many courses that host PGA Tour events. Most do not. So if you're hosting a PGA Tour event, look, Pebble Beach hosts an event every year and they host majors very frequently and high-level U.S amateur competition so that's not a long golf course 6,800 yards 7,000 yards maybe so it's not long in comparison to let's say Torrey Pines at 74 7,500 yards but just because they hit it far and you're hitting it farther doesn't mean that we have to build longer golf courses that's just ridiculous it's not making golf more expensive because you're hitting the ball farther. It's not doing that at all. As a matter of fact, and it's not even making courses obsolete because you hit it too far. What makes a course obsolete is the uh, uh, unwillingness of the people who own the golf course to alter it in a way that still makes it a challenging course. Okay, I can go to my home course, Braemar Country Club, Link in the description below. Check them out. One of the greatest uh, family-friendly. I mean, it's a great country club in Los Angeles. Su- private club. Super affordable. Okay? And there, that's a short uh, golf course. Very short. Super narrow. Now, do I hate it? No. Would I like to bomb drivers all day? Yeah. But guess what? When I play there consistently, which I do a lot these days, and then I take my game somewhere else, man, I'm good. I'm really good. I hit a lot of fairways. And things don't look so tight. And our our greens at my home track are tiny. Here's the challenge. When you have a course that's wide open with giant greens, yeah, guess what? People can bomb the ball and take advantage of your golf course. But here's the deal. Golf scores aren't getting any lower. Like the average golf score isn't really dropping. So, with you hitting it farther, what's what's it doing for you? It's not doing anything. It's just making you hit it farther. And in my opinion, you actually are worse because you're hitting it farther. Your ball, if you're using a persimmon driver with an old golf ball or even today's golf ball, you're not going to be able to launch that thing out there. So a bad shot is much, much shorter, and it's right there in the rough. Whereas today, a bad shot, you're still getting pretty good distance. It's just farther offline. It's in the bushes. It's in the houses. It's out of bounds. It's gone. And it's so far down there, it takes longer to find it. 
because it's farther from you. So it's harder to know exactly where it landed and where it went. Whereas if you only drove it 200, 240, that's an easier ball to find than one that's 300. So hitting farther is just, it's slowing the game down. But you can, you know, keep the strategic element to the game even though people are hitting it farther. The, the USGA just says it. one of the problems is it takes the strategic element out of it. And I'm like, well, that's only if you don't alter a golf course to account for the longer distances. For example, if you want to narrow, why don't you narrow the fairway at anywhere from 280 to 320, 330, 350. Make a long, narrow it in there. Put bunkers on the both sides of the fairway. Guess what that does? Well, you have less grass to water, right? You have less grass to mow. He's got some bunkers. Put some nice drainage in there, nice bunkers, less maintenance, less cost. Oh, guess what? Harder to play out of. So now what are people going to do? Are they going to bomb it down there? Because most likely they're going to miss your now 10, 15-yard wide fairway, and they're going to put it in that trap or, uh, let's say, negative area, and it's going to be more difficult to play out of there. So that's something that golf courses can do to account for these longer distances. But for some reason, and I don't know why, they don't do that. They just leave it the way it is. And, you know, the USGA and a lot of people talked about the barfication, however you say that, you know, the different rules for different levels, and they are against that. But in reality, we have that already built in, okay? Because you go and you play, you play a different tee box than Tiger Woods plays. You know, he's playing all the way back. You're not doing that. Most of us aren't. Even I play the back tees, but when I go to where a PGA event was, I mean, they're not throwing me back there. And I'm like, whoa, no thanks. I'll play, I'll play the, I'll play the blues, but I'm not playing the tips. So on some of these courses, it's too far. You don't have to do that. What I, so, what I would do, let's say you're building courses, it doesn't get more expensive if you need to build a, a more of a golf course. You don't necessarily need, you know, if it's that much extra. All you have to do is add a tee box. So if somebody wants to play the long ball and have the maximum possible yardage of a golf course. They have a tee box back there, which is fine. Make them have all the forced carries. I mean, if you're that good and you could bomb the ball, then you're not going to mind a forced carry. So you need to build all the grass in between tee box and fairway. You say, hey, if you're going to play back there, you're going you're gonna to have the forced carries. So that's one solution to these. Or if you need to extend golf courses, which you don't, though. You don't need to extend a golf course. You just need to make it more um, beneficial to hit the fairway than not. That's simple. You don't. So, what are people going to go down the street and play the super long ball golf course because they're uh, they're a big time player? Good luck. Have fun. The shorter courses can offer more, and they can adjust their price to compete because they have less costs. So just because people are hitting it farther doesn't mean you have to um, cater to what they're doing. You do what you want. You own the golf course. See, everybody thinks the manufacturers are driving golf courses out of business. 
No. The golf courses can dictate what the manufacturers do. The reason is because you have to play golf at a course. And you want lower scores. You want to get better. You want to have a good time and success. So if the course is shorter and the greens are smaller, by the way, if you make a smaller green, it's less expensive than a larger green because building a putting green is, is, is costly. So make them smaller. Put more emphasis on people's short game. Guess what will happen? More people will start practicing their short game because they're missing more greens. Stop building the giantest greens in the world with all the slopes and undulations. That's ridiculous. Build a nice tiny green, make people chip more and have more of an emphasis on getting up and down. Tighten those fairways up. Grow the grass that you have in the rough longer so it's more penalizing when you get in it. Okay? These are the little things you can do. Even on the PGA Tour, they should be doing this. I don't know why they're not. It's ridiculous. We love, I love seeing these players put to the test. I Look. The tournament in Palm Springs is great. It's beautiful. No, I mean, it's perfect conditions, but they, they don't have any rough out there. It's perfect. Okay. What about uh, uh, TPC in uh, Scottsdale? There, come on. There's not hardly any rough out there. It's pristine. Why not toughen the golf courses up? Quit catering to what the pros are saying. Like, oh, we don't, you know, it's too long. The grass is too long. Like, no. It should be challenging for you. It shouldn't be a birdie fest every single time. And if you start tightening the fairways and growing the grass, guess what? There's going to be more of a premium on hitting the ball straight in the fairway than just bombing and gouging it out because that's what they're doing. And the reason why there's so much emphasis on the long ball is because the pros realize that, hey, if I just bomb it and smash that thing down there, that's better than the shorter hitter. And so that's what I'm going to do. So that it's just something that that's something that it can be easily solved. We don't have to change the rules. We don't have to force manufacturers to make their equipment a certain way. All you have to do is set up the golf course in a way that benefits those who hit the fairway, who Hit it where you want to hit it, where you want them to hit it. And then when they do that, they're going to play better. So they're going to try to put the ball in those positions. So that's what needs to happen. We got to, those of you who own courses and who set up golf courses, it's on you. It's on you to set the stage and the standards so that these things, we could fix these things. And we're not so concerned about everything flying so far. That's, that's irrelevant. So, uh, you know, back in the day, back in the day when you were learning golf as a kid, you know, the easiest clubs to hit were the wedges. So you practice your wedges in your short game and then you worked your way up and long irons were challenging to hit. And then the fairway clubs were difficult. And the hardest club to hit in your bag was your driver. Well, now it's the opposite. The easiest one to hit is your driver. And so everybody's just bombing driver because of how they were made. Well, guess what? Now make it so, okay, it's the easiest one to hit, but way down there in the fairway, that's the hardest place to hit. So I'm going to back it up, and I'm going to put it on the green, and then I'm going to tighten up and make my short game better. That's going to make you a great player. And that's, in my opinion, a solution that we can have 
for the golf courses. Also, uh, what I would do, is let's say I own a golf course, I'm going to have different fees for the different tee boxes you play. So, okay, you want to play the tips? It costs you more. It's more expensive back there. You want to play the forward tees? Oh, that's cheaper. That's a lot cheaper. The closer you get, the shorter you make it, the less expensive it is. So that is one solution to help the game. Like, what do you want to, what do you want to pay? Because the, the less you walk on my grass, <laughs> the less I'm going to charge you. You want to go way back there and bomb that thing? It's going to cost you extra, extra money. So that's something I would do. I would encourage people to play these different tee boxes because everybody goes too far anyways. We, everybody does. You're playing way too far back for your abilities. And that's making the game take too long. It's making it frustrating. And just because you can hit it that far doesn't mean you should play back that far. So I would do that. I mean, I would really uh, push for that. And I, I would also push for um, single uh, rider vehicles out there because that's going to speed up the game. And then if you are hitting it far, I don't have to sit with you while you drive way to the right and I hit it way on the left. Again, it's going to, um, you know, to change how the game is played if we're single riders. But, you know, the distance thing, that's easy, easy to fix. And I think it's something that we can, uh, we can do. We can do. But it's going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be put on the golf courses to make the change, not the manufacturers. You can't force them to do anything because they just want to, they're just going to, they're just followers. They just follow what people want. And if people want to go longer, they're going to give it to them because that's what they do. But if the golf courses are different and they're built differently, or they're just kind of altered a little bit different, then all of a sudden people aren't going to want to hit it that far. They're going to say, you know, I need to be, I need to, I want to hit that driver because it's big and it's easier to hit. But man, I need it to be a lot straighter. And so to make to make it straighter, you gotta you gotta bring down that that distance. Or the the ball, like hey, this is the straightest ball. It doesn't go any nearly as far as the other one, but it's easier to control. So the manufacturers will do what the people want. And I do believe people want lower scores, but it is fun to hit a 300 yard drive. But again, it's more fun to make six birdies. I think you would enjoy that more every round than just bombing the ball, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. But I would put it on the golf courses, personally. And we'll see. We'll see what happens out there. Anyways, the players, the players to watch here in 2020, who you got? Who are your, your people that you think are going to uh, really rise up really now that we're into the meat of the beginning of the 2020 season you know uh the fall is kind of like an interesting part of the season it counts for 2020 but uh it's it, it's a little different it's a little weird and uh so i like to wait till you know february to where hey we've played tory pines we've played the scottsdale We've played, you know, we're at Pebble, Riviera's coming. So we've got a lot of uh, cool events coming up. And then really that Florida swing is kind of like, okay, majors are coming soon. So 
this is this is the time to start looking at who we want to, who we think is going to have a big year. Now, uh, Justin Thomas already has two wins for the season, right? He, he won in Hawaii. He won nine bridges. So he's got a couple wins. He, in my opinion, is looking really strong, really solid. You know, tough to say. Like it's not like a breakout. Like oh, here's a, a you know somebody that uh, that's going to do well that we don't know about. No, we all know about him. He's going to have a big year. I think he could win a, another major this year. Uh, which one? I I I would pick him for my master's pick right now. He he would be on the top of my list. I'd also really like Rory for. The Masters, uh, he's having a good year. Consistently is playing well and doing great things. I also, you know, I can't pass up on Tiger Woods either. He always looks good, even when he's just kind of has his B game going. But you, you know, Tiger is gearing up for majors, and he's somebody that uh, you know you can't ever count out because he consistently does really, really well. But some of the uh, some of the other people that maybe are a little bit under the radar right now that I think could have really breakout seasons, at least two of them really breakout seasons, and one maybe like a resurgence, a comeback, if you will. So I think Abraham Answer is somebody that could have, now you saw him, you know, recently doing really well. So he's not a total, you know, out of left field guy, but man, his game is sharp, it is solid. I think he's going to have a good breakout year for him. And he, I think he'll compete in some majors. Might even make a scare. Like, I'd pick him a U.S. Open kind of guy. We'll see if uh, if it all pans out. But I, I do like what he's doing and his his grit and his performance as of late, you know, last few months. He's been doing really, really well. Somebody I also like coming up uh, who's been around the tour a while. He's gotten four uh, top 10s out of nine events. So he's consistent right now. And that's Harris English doing incredibly well. So I like what he's doing under the radar, but he's kind of been up there looking. So I think he could really shine this year and have some big moments. So keep an eye out for him. We'll see what happens. And what I like seeing is kind of the comeback of Billy Horschel. You know, he's up there in, at TBC Scottsdale, like leading for a minute. And you're like, huh, where, who, where do you come from? So it's cool to see Billy Horschel back kind of in the mix. Love seeing that guy. He's an exciting player to watch. So we'll see. This is a Ryder Cup year, and I would like to see you know some new faces out there and some some faces that we may might not see in the Ryder Cup, unfortunately, would be a guy like uh, Jordan Spieth. I mean, he's out of the top 50 in the world ranking for the first time in a while. So that's uh, that's tough. Now, I thought, and I said previously a while back that he, when he got married, that he would have kind of a down year, and he did. And but unfortunately, it's kept going, and it, it's he's stuck. So I don't know what's going on. I really believe he's mentally is too fidgety in what's happening. It's at least from an outsider's perspective, it looks like they're really focusing kind of on the minute little detail things. And I think it's a bigger picture than that. I don't think you, you can pick out one little tiny little speck and say, oh, this is it. You're one degree off in your grip on your putting and 
or whatever. Like, I don't believe that's it because he had done so well previously. I don't think you need to make those types of changes. I think you kind of need to look big picture and take a bigger look at it and look at something just like, okay, like, let me just go play. Let me forget. And look, I'm not in his camp. I'm not in his world. I don't know what his brain is wired like, but it just looks like, man, he seems uncomfortable out on the golf course. And it's tough to watch sometimes because if you're sitting there going, dude, are you okay? This is not, this doesn't look good. Something's wrong. So, man, I, I love watching that guy. And I hope he has a, a, a week, a couple weeks where he is in the mix and he pulls off a win because for him, I think he needs that to be able to jumpstart, kickstart, re-engage his game to a place where he's able to consistently week in and week out go out there and perform. So I'm rooting for Jordan Spieth. I think he can do it, but man, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough year, but I don't think he... He, uh, I, I don't think he's going to disappear from the tour, but I do think this kind of stuff is good for people from time to time because you need to go through some trials in your life to be able to find your true like passion and go back to, let's say your roots and say, dude, I can do this. I just need to grind it out and give it all I got. So I'm rooting for Jordan. Come on. You could do it. The other guy I'm rooting for is Ricky Fowler. Now, he was uh, was he in the, he was in the lead a couple weeks ago after a couple rounds, and 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 it was like, uh oh, this could be uh, this could be sad a sad weekend, and it was. And that's the challenge I have with Ricky right now, is that he gets there early on, and if he's there in the lead Thursday Friday, he typically has a letdown. And what was it? I think it was in the desert, Palm Desert, Palm Springs. The event, he was uh, he had the lead. And then although he went under par on Saturday, he started over par. And he, of all the leaders, he had the worst round on, on that Saturday, even though he was still under par. But the, the leaders were five, six, seven under. And so this is just something I've been wrestling with with Ricky for a while is that he constantly has uh, a weekend weekend woes. So, but I do believe he's getting there and he's, he's going to be able to pull something off. He would be another pick for me, for the Masters. So that those are my Masters picks is really Justin, Rory, and Ricky are my top three master's picks. I, I do like Tiger, but, I mean, it's uh, it's tough to win the master's back-to-back. So I don't know if I'd pick Tiger for two years in a row. Although, he you know, if someone's going to do it, he could do it. But I think my top three are Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and Ricky Fowler for the master's. The question is, do I go back to the Titleist Performance Institute, TPI, before... Justin before the Masters because the last two times I went, um, uh, Justin Thomas won the week I went. That's two in a row, so that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Anyways, Justin Thomas probably wants me to go back. I'm, I am going back in the next. I'm going back soon, but uh, it might be 
this month. It might be next month. Maybe I'll push it till uh, Masters week. But either way, I think it's going to be good. So anyways, that's what's happening, at least in my world, the world of golf, with the USGA announcement, with their distance uh, study, their big thing on distance. Oh, my gosh. Oh, people who swing faster hit it farther. Yeah, really. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, what are we going to do about it? Uh, we don't know. But we do know the ball is going farther and it's hurting the game. Okay, that's fantastic. So it's not hurting the game. It's only hurting because uh, golf courses, especially on the PGA Tour, refuse to set the thing up so that there's more importance on driving the golf ball. Grow the grass. Grow the rough. Make the PGA Tour players play more challenging courses. I, I don't need a birdie fest. I like excitement. And speaking of excitement, I like the Premier League because I think it will be exciting. I want more different formats out there. The PGA Tour has gotten stuck over the years because every tournament has a history now of what it is. 72 holes. We have these champions. We have these scoring records. We have all these stats. And therefore, like, don't become like baseball and get so stuck in your tradition that you refuse to uh, progress, to be changing, to be Become something different. Be open. Become more exciting. You can always, I believe you can make it better. And if you mess up, it's, you can undo it. You can say, ah, that didn't work. Let's undo that. But let's try it here and there. Do some different types of styles of formats because we don't have enough of that. We love the match play. We love the Ryder Cup. We love the President's Cup. Uh, but there's not enough of that going on week in, week out. We like the match play events. And you even have changed that to be more of a pool, like a World Cup-style format so that players aren't one and done. They stick around for a little while. So we love that as well. So don't just be a traditionalist and try to kill the Premier League, uh, the Premier Golf League. See how you can embrace it and grow the game. Because you always, you know, they always talk about growing the game. But then when somebody comes around who actually wants to grow the game, they try to stuff them out and get rid of them and say, you're out of here. So if you truly want to grow the game, look at ways to do that outside of just what you're currently doing. Because it could be a great, great thing for golf and the world and really grow the sport. So I like that. So that's my take. Let me know what you guys think, okay? Comment below. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. If you made it this far, I super appreciate you listening to the podcast, watching the podcast. Whatever you do, I'm grateful. And I appreciate it. Be sure to check the uh, video description and the links in the description below for any discounts, deals, all that kind of good stuff. Love you guys. And I will see you, hear you next time.